Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Merlin Mar Johnson, uh, Executive Vice President at Salazar Resources. He's been on the show a couple of times, and we've been talking about their uh, farm out with Adventus. I think Kurupumba is something we discussed at length. But today we're talking about Pahili, which is showing similar quite high-grade, very attractive results. Uh, so we wanted to get into some of the technical detail in, in the um, press release. We also look at, at uh, Ecuador as an investment uh, territory. It's something that's misunderstood and our conversation earlier this week with Lumina Gold suggests that there might be a discount but that also says to me opportunity to get in at a reasonable price. We look forward to catching up with them soon but enjoy the podcast in the meantime. Marilyn, how are you doing sir? Hi, all good thanks. Fantastic. Well look, I'm, I thought I'd call you um, to talk about press release from Aventus. Um, I just need to understand it. Because uh, a lot of moving parts and it's also quite technical. But um, tell you what, do me a favor. Could you give us that one minute overview of the Salazar Resources business uh, so people know what we're going to be talking about? And then we'll, we'll get into that press release. Yes, of course. Uh, Salazar Resources is a TSXV listed uh, exploration project generator company. Uh, we are an Ecuadorian company, um, very Ecuadorian. The entire team is based in Ecuador, and Freddy Salazar is one of Ecuador's leading geologists. We've got six projects, three of which are fully carried by Adventus, and three of which are 100% own exploration uh, licenses that we're drilling. We're hunting uh, big gold and copper targets in Ecuador. Okay, brilliant. Like, th th thanks for doing that. Like I say, I want to get into the press release, but I think it might be worth addressing something, which is the Ecuador factor first, because we had an interview this week with Lumina Gold, and they talked about the kind of Ecuador discount. Okay, so, um, you know, that, that, that may, may or may not exist in, in, in you know, se several, several forms, but I think it's just about people understanding what, what the potential for Ecuador is. Um, I mean, can you give us your view on Ecuador as a mining jurisdiction, please? Sure. Uh, the thing to remember about Ecuador is it hasn't really had a proper mining industry at any stage. Um, and there are two things, well, three, three key things. One is that it's on a very fertile bit of geology. Uh, the Andes run uh, through the, the western spine of South America. And in Chile and Peru, you've got these huge, rich copper deposits. You get these points in the Earth's crust where there's concentration in minerals, whether it's copper moly or copper gold uh, or gold zinc. You know, there's a whole range of these, these minerals that are concentrated in key parts of the crust. And the Andes is one of those and in particular northern Chile and in, in Peru, and the, the, the geology and the mineralogy runs across into Ecuador. So you've got the fertile geology, you've got the metal endowment, but you haven't had the minerals industry um, development, and that's been political. And now comes to the next key point, which is that the government has <clears throat> absolutely endorsed the mining industry. They've realized that it's crucial to their economy and to their ongoing development as a country. They are, um, the, the Ecuador is a dollar-based economy, so they, they can't print their own money. They need to generate it through foreign direct investment and sales of, of um, hard currency, foreign exports, um, or export, exports in hard currency, and that is mining. And um, the government has focused on mining as the key growth area. So that's why the mining code has changed, and then the response has been astonishing. You've seen all the big boys, all the major mining companies from around the world 
come into Ecuador. And so you've seen investments by uh, BHP into the sole gold discovery up in the north. Uh, you've got uh, Newcrest from Australia who have um, invested into Lundin Gold and into sole gold up in the north. Um, Lundin Gold built the billion dollar Frustil Norte last year. The Chinese built the, uh, spent more than a billion dollars on the copper mine at Mirador. Uh, there's another Chinese development at Rio Blanco, which is another billion dollar development. Uh, you've got Anglo-American, Rio Tinto, First Quantum, all of the big boy, boys looking for copper, looking for gold. They're all sniffing around Ecuador because the geological potential is there. Okay. Sorry, that, that was like an no, no, no. impassioned uh, description of what's happening in Ecuador. So when you talk about the Ecuador risk, um, it's not seen perhaps as a risk from the, from the mining companies. It's taking a while to come through. It's taking a while for these discoveries to be made. You know, it, um, it, it's not an overnight process. But when actually you think that the country has really been open for mining for uh, only three or four years, and you've got all these companies investing in exploration and geology, you've got two big mines which have opened up. Uh, even um, modest little Salazar resources. We, we made the discovery on the Kurupamba deposit. It's a very high grade VMS deposit, kind of 5% copper equivalent at surface. I mean, these grades are uh, remarkable anywhere in the world, and it's going to be a mine in a few years. Um, two or three, three or four years. Okay, and you and you you carried on that, of course. I think to remind people, but um, just just let's stick with the Ecuador component thing. But I, I think it's fair enough that you know people don't. It's only th you talked about three or four years. So the big boys are plowing in there, and there's billions of dollars going in. And we had this conversation with uh, Marshall Koval um, about it at, at um, Lumina Gold, and you know. It, I can understand why the market is not there yet because this, the track record up until this point with the, with the you know, socialist governments has been that you know we don't want mining, we don't want to ruin our ecosystems. Um, but why, why the turnaround now? You give us some clues, but you know, is, is this genuine? Is this sustainable? I would say that the Ecuadorian government is totally serious about um, developing a responsible mining industry. Uh, they've been incredibly consistent over the last couple of years. Uh, there have been lots of um, there's been a lot of active discussion of whether the environment should come first or, or um, indigenous rights. And the government has been consistently saying, we need to develop a mining industry. We have an illegal, irresponsible, environmentally destructive mining industry at the moment. And we want to develop a responsible, well-regulated mining industry that's going to benefit the whole of Ecuador. It's absolutely a key um part of the government focus and they have designated the mining industry as a strategic industry so there were a few um sectors that were able to work through the coronavirus and the mining industry was one of those uh exploration as it happened uh took the responsible route not to continue so most explorers in the country unless they could do it in an extremely isolated manner stopped but the mining industry continued oh the, the government is totally committed to this. And it's apolitical now. In fact, the government that started looking at the mining industry or wanting to develop a responsible mining industry had previously been anti-mining and was very socialist. And it's it's a, there's irrefutable logic. You know, there's no way that you can fund the country without having a responsible mining industry. So um, I, I would say that the, the Ecuador discount is on its way out. Um, the the 
number of discoveries, the exploration activity, the drill, the drilling that's going on, the companies that are there, the level of activity, the level of interest is such that uh, Ecuador will be will continue to kind of shine brightly as a as a country for many years in, in um, and hopefully generations of, of mine development. Okay. Well, we'll we're keeping our eye on it. I mean, it's certainly. Uh, a space, a country which we think has got huge potential. And I think our view is, I think it's a it's a discount to your to our investment. You know, we're looking at we're getting in cheap is the way that we view this. We've got to book the right, back the right management team, of course. But uh, you know that that's the name of the game. Um, let's get onto this press release because I I saw it, I read it, very technical, and I wasn't quite sure what I should be pointing at. It feels to me they're saying, hey. You know, you know that we've got three of uh, Salazar's assets. Curipamba um, is, the, is, the, is the main one, but they were talking about, uh, and I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong, is it Pahili? Are we going to go with that? Get close enough? <laughs> Pahili. Okay, right. So, but they, they were talking about that specifically, and I mean, the numbers look okay. I mean, to me, they look okay, but what, what were they trying to say with this? The news release was, yes, it was a bit technical, but the, the message is relatively simple, uh, which is that we think we've got a porphyry. We've got a mineralized porphyry that we're going to be drilling at Piccoli. Remember that this license area was chosen by Salazar several years ago, and it's been worked up by the Salazars and subsequently by a joint uh, Adventus-Salazar combo. We've got a Coincident geochemical anomaly. We've, so we've got a, a geochemical anomaly. We've got rocks, and we've now got geophysics over the whole thing. And we can see this standing out. And you can see on the surface, you can see porphyry, mineralized porphyry rock. I think there, and perhaps the key thing that didn't really come across in the news release, that I'd like to emphasize for investors, is to realize that actually its position is within a chain of known mineralized porphyry deposits. So um, where are we now? We've got uh, just north of Pichili, there's, uh, there's a, a group of Mexico who've got a big asset there called Chaucha. And that's in advanced exploration. It's over half a billion tons. Uh, it's got um, decent grade. It's, it's actually a copper moly uh, porphyry. But they're being, that being drilled out, that's an advanced exploration at the moment. Uh, about eight kilometers north of that, you've got um, the, the Rio Blanco deposit, which is, a, again, close to a billion tons of uh, copper gold mineralization and then you come to we're just kind of at the southern end of this chain of mineralized porphyries and within Pichili there's a there's a the, the showing actually that we're focused on is called Zambawaiku it's a, it's an indigenous name and we've got good gold showings and we've got uh, strong copper grades um, you know 0.4 0.5 percent in some places 0.6 0.7 uh, gold is there as well it's it this is this is the the stuff that you're looking for. So we've got a 5,000 meter drill campaign. We'll be putting in 500, 800 meter holes and we'll be drilling this out um, over the course of uh, the remainder of 2020. And this is really exciting stuff. This is how you you make big companies and big discoveries. And you say we, you're not spending a penny. You're fully carried for 20%, aren't you? Um, it's, it's actually slightly better than that. We get paid. Um, because they, you know, we, we, our team gets, we get a management fee for doing the exploration and actually they're using one of our drill rigs. So we'll get paid for that as well. Um, yes, we're carried for 20%. We're not carried. Remember that on Kuripamba, we're carried all the way through to production on 
Um, for Piccoli, we are carried 20% all the way through to a construction decision. Um, but as you know, these porphyries, these big porphyries, when you drill them out, it's tens of millions of dollars and several years. So we're, we're quite comfortable to be carried 20% all the way through to a construction decision. To that point. Okay. Um, well, look, Marlon, th- thanks for running through that. The, the one more small request from you. We did a report on your company about a month ago. Um, it would be great, and I think we've had a few requests for from people to look at each of the three wholly owned projects and just try to understand those a little bit better in a bit more detail about you know what you know, what you're trying to discover, and you know you, you talked about the decision making when you spoke to us previously. You're going to have to pick one and focus your efforts on that, or more of your efforts on that. So, is that something that you'd be prepared to kind of join us and and talk us through? Of course. Um, we can do that any way you like. Uh, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll find out the, the best, best method to uh, communicate uh, those three projects and, and our thinking behind that. Uh, but yeah, of course, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks very much, Marlon. And uh, thanks for picking up the phone today. Um, great to obviously speak to you. Hope you're all, you are well and uh, we shall speak to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.